Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. I'm Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing. We're here tonight live to Q&A about the hard stuff, Mm -hmm. the spirited kids stuff, the resistance stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Talking about how we can show up and grow up as parents. How can we practice powers beyond control in our discipline in those toughest moments with our babies and our kids when we want to be like consequences on my terms now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, all the things that research is showing are not as ideal for kids or not as ideal for our relationship or not as ideal for learning or uh, in our job teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here to say there are powers beyond control. We can talk to our children and even our young babies respectfully as humans. We can get shit done. We can kids be working can without control. Even better. And we can be working not just within the home to be building this respectful, wonderful democratic culture, but be contributing to change outside the home through our doing that, yeah. right? Um, we always want to also acknowledge our privilege, being cis, straight, white, able-bodied women, um, and getting to talk about this stuff for our work. Yeah. Um, we like to look at that also as just as our responsibility. We have so much privilege. How can we be using that? And I think a lot of us are like, okay, we're taking the kids to the rallies. We're reading them the books on racism. We're doing all the things. They've all got... Right strong feminist shirts. We're all, we're on top of this. Um, and then they're coming home and demanding they, that their kids get in the bath or they're spanking them or they're yelling at them and shaming them and making them feel small for who they are. We all do it. We've all been programmed and conditioned this way and we call it our unconscious hypocrisy. Yeah. And we're here to, to work and to practice 
breaking that cycle, breaking those inherited legacies that we don't believe in and that we don't need to continue perpetuating through our I parenting. Love that. I love that. And I think the, the purpose of these Q and A's is not to get on our soapbox and talk about it in a really meta philosophical way, but to really get down to the ground and say, what does this look like on a daily basis with our babies, with our toddlers, with our kids? Mm -hmm. What is, <clears throat> how do I show up and align my values as a progressive person with my daily practices as a parent? How, mm -hmm. how can I show up with powers beyond control when this happens? When my kid does this, when my kid says this, they have to know it's not right. They right. need to learn. I've got to give consequence. I got to do this stuff, right? right. Or I know I don't want to do those things. So mm -hmm. what do I say instead? And so yeah. that's what we want to talk out. So send us your DMs uh, or whatever's on here. Do what your you comments. do. You know, we've got some you sticker do. questions from people, but. We do. Yeah. Um, but chime in here. We want to um, support you all who are here. Um, for folks listening on the podcast, if you have any questions um, after this, you're listening, join us on Instagram live here or DM us or email us at info at upbringing.co any questions you have, any challenges you're facing, right? Yeah. Do you want to read the DM that we just got? Sure. Really quick. <clears throat> hey ladies, hoping you see this before you're live. I'm hoping you can shed some light on how to help repair some sibling resentment. We had a traumatic experience, health experience when our son was born and our daughter was four at the time and seemed to handle it well, but has since then shown lots of anger res and resentment towards him. She gets upset about things that seemingly have nothing to do with him and all she wants to do is hurt him. When we ask what she needs to get through the tough moment, she often responds that all she wants is to hurt him and that's all that will make her feel better. My heart is truly breaking for both of them. It's hard to help her when that's her only apparent goal, but it's really hard to have him constantly be targeted or even hear her say she hates him and wants to hurt him. Mm, yes. Thank you for this, Shara Ashley. Um, <clears throat> Gosh, it's so hard to hear our kids say incredibly hurtful things to each other and to maybe even mean it a little bit. I know yeah. someone was commenting on Hannah's hot mess shirt. Uh, we made it for the shop. They're ready we'll for the shop. There. <laughs> yes. Mine says laid back. Hannah says hot mess. Yeah. Who's Sorry right? to interrupt, Cal. That's okay. Okay. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. Um, that's why we created our sibling conflict guide. Um, yeah. Check it out in our shop. Supporting those moments are tricky, right? It's so tricky. We want to say, you don't mean that. Why would you say that? Look at your brother. That hurt his feelings. What are what are our other instincts in these moments? We 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 go into a fear spiral, being like, they have to be best friends. They have to get along. They can't, you know, she can't say these things about him and mean it. What does, what does that mean, mean for their relationship? Or at it's the so very hard. least, even if you don't really know. I mean, you said uh, this person said the apparent reason was just to hurt him. Mm -hmm. We have to keep remembering that so much else is at play here. We have to keep remembering that this is a very specific situation that we don't know completely about some trauma that happened. And so obviously, maybe these parents were very focused on this child or on one of the parents when when um, they were uh, the baby was was new. And this four year old maybe has some not trauma, but some connected stuff that she's needing to process. And it's coming up in her relationship mm -hmm. with her brother. Right. And she's projecting that's all this, good. This discomfort. And yeah. it's very very normal, right? Mm -hmm. Very, very natural for kids to do that. Most kids at a certain point have trouble with bringing on a new sibling to the house, yeah. right? We liken it to a partner bringing on a new partner into your partner relationship, just randomly being like, oh, it's going to be so great. You're going to be best friends. You're going to love her. It's going to be awesome. You might share a room someday. I'll spend less time with you, but it'll be okay. It'll be good. We'll be such a big, happy family. You're going to be it's such a good wifey. Be amazing. Right? 
So yeah. we have to remember that any that even kind just of, new siblinghood is a trauma <clears throat> for the older kids it in is. its own right. It is. And then throw in some, some other circumstances and that's tough. But I think just remembering too that the way our kids explain their discomfort is what can ultimately be triggering as well. That it just is so painful to hear, oh my gosh, right? Mm-hmm. She she doesn't like him. Oh my gosh, what does this mean? What do mm-hmm. I do? Is that her actual problem? Is that she just wants to hurt him? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think we would re- really recommend just honoring and validating the feelings, even <clears throat> if we don't know if it's if that's where the, the need is. I love that you even point to the fact that that it's in a parent situation. Maybe she's frustrated with something going on at school or with mm-hmm. another friend and she's just targeting her brother. That could be happening. Like it could just be stress coming out and he's the most likely target, right? And he, she's diving back into a few old resentments and using them as ammo right. and that's okay. Or it could be some real things that are resurfacing. Mm-hmm. That's okay too. And I think that that's what's so great is, yes, we can play detective a little bit with our kids in these moments when they're talking shit about each other and saying really mean things. We could say, what's this about? Or what did they do? Or whatever it is. What's your but, goal here? But at a certain point, our goal really is to just be there, be the safe landing <laughs> space for whatever feelings to help them figure it out as they're going along. Because they don't have this like master plan um, for their grievances and their stressors and their needs and their baggage, right? They're just expressing the best way they can developmentally in the moment. Well, and that's the thing. This person um, who's explaining her, her eight-year-old's hatred of the four-year-old, she says that um, the only apparent goal is... <clears throat> hurting him, right? Mm-hmm. Or hating him. And I think that we have to keep remembering that that's not necessarily true at all. Every child's goal is security. Mm-hmm. It's not hating or hurting another child. That's the manifestation of that deeper need. The deeper need is to feel safe. The deeper need is to resolve trauma. The deeper need is to feel loved, right? Mm-hmm. And secure. Security is the number one need of our, our kids. And every human. <clears throat> every human. And so when your daughter, your eight-year-old daughter is saying that she hates her four-year-old brother and wants to hurt him. That's not her goal. Her goal is to feel secure again about the family, about her role in it, in her body, to even just feel like somatically secure, right? Yeah. But it's, it sounds so permissive. That little voice on our shoulder goes, what? You're just going to support her and bad-mouthing her brother or hurting her brother? That doesn't make sense at all. You can't let her say those hurtful things. Yeah. Right. And I think that in those moments, we have to confront our cultural conditioning and say, if I, if I'm punishing or judging or censoring these true expressions of my, of my child, right? What are they learning? They're feeling shame about who they are. They're feeling shame about where they are, what Mm -hmm. their need is. And we don't ever want our kids to feel that. Right. Right. So our job in this moment is to normalize feelings of stress, of anger, of resentment, of all those Mm -hmm. things. Be there to keep our kids physically safe in those sibling conflict moments and to say, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Anytime our kids say something inflammatory, terrible, soul crushing about their sibling, instead of saying, you can't say that, what's your problem? Why would you do that? That's wrong. That's not true. Turn to them and say, what are you needing? Tell me more. Are you okay? What's going on? Just like we do with each other, with our partners Mm -hmm. or try to do when our partners are like, Oh, I'm never talking to this person at work again. Or 
I'm just gonna chuck this whole thing in the in the yard. We're never doing this thing again. We get very binary and dramatic. Yeah. That's what kids do naturally because they don't have a developed prefrontal cortex, right? Yeah. So we have to look beneath those inflammatory inflammatory words and statements and say, what's at play here? Yeah. How can I help them feel safe in those feelings? Yeah. Tell me everything. Thank you for sharing that with mm-hmm. me. Oh my gosh, you're really wanting to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think instead of focusing on the younger brother that this eight-year-old is kind of targeting in a way with her mm-hmm. discomfort, right? I think we can continue to just focus on her and yeah. and honor the impulse, honor the fantasy. I think it's like, oh, tell me how you would kill your brother. Like that sounds insane, right? To do that. But you're trying to say, I can sit with these feelings of discomfort with you Mm -hmm. that are manifesting and projecting themselves onto your brother, who's a very easy target Mm -hmm. because he was the catalyst of this whole life change situation. Mm -hmm. He's a very easy target to to say, oh, it's you. I'm going to poke you. I'm going to hurt you when she's just feeling really uncomfortable inside, right? Whether or not it was about that early trauma from his birth or just eight-year-old stress manifesting in I don't love my brother, right? Mm-hmm. So I would I would suggest focusing on her and her needs and saying it's all so normal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then obviously talking to the four-year-old separately and saying, hey, how you doing? You know, I think the four-year-old is going to read our body language, yeah. our um, I think response, in these moments we right? say, oh my gosh, we have to shut down the words and yeah. we end up unwittingly empowering them by yeah. saying, oh, that's not true. You can't say yeah. that or, or somehow communicating that vibe. And I think what we want to do is disempower them, not through shutting them down or censoring those words, but by normalizing conflict, underlying feelings, feelings, needs that are uncomfortable. And that can come up like our, our younger kids will see that too. So they're not being left out to dry, hung, hung out to dry. They're not saying, oh my gosh, is it true? We're saying, I know you don't mean that. Or I know you mean something. We're going to figure this you're out. You're struggling. And, and, the, and, the, and the younger right child now you're is feeling like you want to hurt him. The younger okay. child is, is hearing, not my sister feels this way about me and my parents believe it's true, but my sister's struggling mm-hmm. and she's having a hard time right now and I'm just the target. Mm-hmm. Oh, we all do that. Don't we all take out um, our frustrations, our stressors, our trauma, our baggage on the people closest to us who are safe a safe yeah. place or who try to be a safe place. Right. right. So we don't want to polarize them any further and mm. we don't want to have to match make or do any of that either. Mm-mm. She's struggling with him being around. She's projecting her stress onto mm. him, this eight year old to this four year old. It's all good. Continue yeah. to focus on her and what she needs. Listen to all of her feelings. Mm-hmm. Validate. That's what she wants. Yeah. Oh, I wish. It's so easy to keep talking yeah. in those moments mm-hmm. or questioning or digging. And I think that we have to just be, try to summon this neutral presence saying, okay, you don't like him right now. What's going on? Or do you want to share more? Okay. What about him? Mm-hmm. Okay. But are, are you feeling, are you feeling extra stressed right now? How's it How going was your day? With school? How's it going with that friend? How's yeah. it going with But also with saying... He's around a lot. He's he's still new to your life. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have enough space? Is there anything we can do to change things up? And she's like, yes, to kill him, to get rid of him. And you're like, okay, that's one option. That's option. What about, sure. do you need a little more extra time with me? Do you need a little bit more space <clears throat> at the higher up table so he's not getting into your stuff? We can figure this out. Do and you, I think that's what do with, you need. What do you need? That's other than it. that. That's with the eight-year-old yeah. problem solving, innovating mm-hmm. or innovate step, right? But I think mm-hmm. that we can also innovate on our own or with a partner or other caregiver and say, what else can I do to She's support struggling. this eight-year-old? Yeah. How can I be spending wants nothing time, quality time 
fill your cup time with her so she feels seen and heard. Because four-year-olds so are super demanding and eight-year-olds are not so much. Not. It's really hard. How can I focus and not have the four-year-old when I'm tucking her in? Or how can I focus and have a little bit of quality giggle time or something before a group dinner? How can I build a little bit of storytelling context and talk about remembering when my younger sibling was born and that mm -hmm. just being hard and not sugarcoating it with a silver lining and now we're best friends but just that was hard yeah just oh. getting real with her and get you know? real this covid time's hard i think a lot of us feel we need to shelter our kids from from the reality from calling out the huge ass elephant in the room of like shit is hard right now and i think it's okay to say i notice you're struggling i hear you i see you things have been a little bit hard this last mm -hmm. year right what have you noticed that's been hard? I have a few things I can tell you that have been hard too, and we're in this together. Right. It's okay. Our, our our struggle and our suffering doesn't have to put us at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. It can unite us, mm -hmm. right? I love that. Hopefully this helps a little bit. Eight-year-old sister struggling with four-year-old brother. Yeah. We urge you to check out our sibling conflict guide available on our shop at upbringing.co. We love talking siblings because yeah, it's a long game, baby, right? Mm -hmm. Our role is the complete opposite than what we think it is. It's mediator. It's kind listener. It's mm -hmm. keep everyone safer compared to enforcer, referee, referee hall monitor, jury, right? All police person. Yeah. Right. We don't but have it, to, we don't have to be that person with our kids. We can just be sensitive, neutral support staff yeah. that says, I see you, I hear you, I understand, I'm trying to, what you're going through, and this is all going to be okay. And in so many ways, this may be completely not about their relationship or about him specifically at yeah. all. It could really just be about how she's choosing and able to express her stress right now. Yeah. It could be something completely different. It could be preferring another caregiver. It could be refusing to shower. It could be hating school. It could be hating yeah. school. It could be so many different things, but that's the way she's expressing her stress to you right now. So listen, lean in when you can. Mm -hmm. Honor that impulse and those feelings. Support her. Help her feel, again, secure. That is the key here. Yeah. Yeah. Could all use a little more of that. That's what these lives are about. Yeah. Right? Giving all of us a sense of security that we can get through this stuff with our kids, right? It's going to be okay. Someone said, do you have any recommendations for how to support a spirited kid just being themselves, but who has a hard time making friends with peers because of some of their spirited behaviors? Yeah, that's a great question. Oops. He said, she else. is a sensitive kid, so she feels rejection and a lack of acceptance, but she's also a loud extrovert and it can be off-putting for others. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's hard to watch. Let's oh. first of all, validate <laughs> your experience as the parent being like, oh God, all I want is for my daughter to, to make friends and, and, and be winning acclimate. people and acclimate and feel successful and build their self-esteem. So it's hard when you notice that stuff happening. I think again, <clears throat> we're that lovely neutral presence. We're mm -hmm. not having to force her to change who she is. We're not, yeah. you know, harping down on those kids or talking to their parents. Yeah. We're accepting the as is of our child to help her feel more comfortable in navigating those things. Yeah. And the first way for kids to navigate or people to navigate social situations is having a strong sense of self, building that inner wisdom and authority we talk about through our daily caregiving activities and challenges yeah, with them. Right? I think we've been so conditioned to say, look outside. How's everyone else doing with how you are, mm -hmm. who you are? How's your behavior landing on them and them and them and me? That will dictate what you need to do to Ooh, change. So right. keep looking out there. Right. And everything that we're trying to focus on at upbringing is saying, keep looking in here. 
That's the first primary thing. This is the incubator situation where we say, keep looking in here, keep exploring Build here. that awareness. That's the, the key to everything. Yeah. Instead of yeah. focusing on that, uh, you know, socialization first, not that you're doing that at all. Yeah. But I think that, that we would in that sensitive support staff role, we can just debrief after an interaction. How old did they say oh, the spirited daughter I was? Didn't say I don't know. Four, you five, know, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, that was, how was your play date? You know, and you were like, Oh my God, so bad <laughs> in your brain. You're thinking that she was so loud and she aggressive was, was so and they were like running other directions. That's okay. It's okay. You're just like, how was your play date? Tell me more about it. Did you have a good time? Maybe they're like, yeah, but so-and-so didn't play or I was by myself or maybe they don't say anything. They <clears> say, I'm so glad that you can interact with other people. Or if there was an issue, I wonder what they were needing. Mm-hmm. What were you needing? You were really excited to share this thing. And they, they, they seem to not understand. Yeah. Right. They didn't connect see, with that Depending way. on the age of your child, who's very spirited and extroverted and mm-hmm. loud and boisterous and might mm-hmm. be offending and weirding people out on the playground. Mm-hmm. I would say just go with their lead. Whatever yeah. they're willing to tell you about the situation Work with that. Work with that. Hold space for that. Yeah. And ultimately let their freak flag fly, right? That's what, whatever is embarrassing now is what's going to make them amazing and different now and, and in the future. And you can't protect them from experiencing the outside world with it. Yeah. All you can do is nurture and show them a sense of security around experiencing yeah. the feelings. And if they come it. to you and say, yeah. Oh, I wanted to play and they ran away. That's a time that you can build context, not to be quieter, be nicer, <laughs> but to say, I guess some people prefer different ways or everyone's maybe different. Maybe they were needing, maybe their ears were a little sensitive and they needed whatever. Yeah. Huh. But, right. but not to ever shame our kids for their expression of excitement, mm. of play, of interactions, they'll of fi- socialness. They'll figure out how to fine tune over time. Yeah. What they need from us is not being fine tuned at home. Yeah. They need us to be nurturing and building their self-awareness and their self-love so that they can go into the world and then say, I love myself. Hey, what'd you say? What'd you need? Oh, mm-hmm. sure. I can oh, do that. I'm going to find a tribe right. of people who love me exactly the way I am. Yeah. I'm going to find a partner who loves how loud and boisterous I am and not somebody who needs these things. So I'll temper myself down and temper myself down and or constantly be questioning. Down. Was that too much? Was that? We're very sensitive people. I'll like wake up in the middle of the night after a party and I'll like literally be like, Oh my God, I said that. Mm -hmm. Were they offended? I text you in the morning and I'm like, Oh my gosh. When so-and-so said this, like we're so high self-monitoring. We're so high self-monitoring to a fault. Mm -hmm. And that's our sensitivity. It's our temperament. It's how we were conditioned with our families. And we do not want our kids to feel shame for being who they are. We want them to be aware of who they are, but they don't have to feel shame. So we want to focus on awareness over external kind of appraisals and stuff. Yeah. It's, it was funny. Um, we were sharing recently on the, on the lives and podcast, we were asking people about their wins and someone submitted one that we brought up one time. Thank you. And she said, I had this win and I was driving with my daughter to a play date and it was a play date where with this one kid, often my daughter gets really bossy and really dominating. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of bracing myself for that being like, Oh gosh, she's going to be bossy and dominating. So I said something to her like, Oh, I hope you have a really good time and you know you don't have to be to this or to that and she was silent and I said what's going on and she said I feel like you're trying to change who I am this like five-year-old four-year-old and I just love that this mom wrote to us and said that was a win my fail was a win in realizing because of my beautiful daughter calling me out Mm -hmm. that I was trying to control who she was 
because it made me uncomfortable personally. Mm -hmm. It was just like so amazing. And uh, we, we encourage you to share your wins, what you think of as a fail. We'll tell you why it's a win. Um, all those things make us really happy. Definitely. Did you see there was someone said a win? Angela, you said finally getting better at calmly mm -hmm. rephrasing the hateful quote unquote things my kids are saying to each other. Thanks to you. Oops. Working on my wows. Wow. You sound really frustrated with your brother. You're oh, working on the wows. I love the wows. They're amazing. Oh, wow <laughs> is like our saving grace. Wow. Okay. Wow. Not in a patronizing way. Not in an actual like wow. But in <laughs> wow. a like wow. Yeah. Ooh, oh, it sparkled us. It sparkled us. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Oh. Okay. What else is going on? Um, I think somebody had shared a win. Let me find it here. Um, I thought that there was, was it mm. Amy? We got to catch up on all these. Yeah. All we got a lot of stuff going folks on. Who are here. Um, Welcome everybody. Amy said she liked to tell me more. So when our kids have big feelings, especially the repulse us, the last thing we want to say is tell me more, but tell me more. Tell me more. Right. Oh, it's so hard. Right, we're honoring that impulse. We're saying it the way you're saying it. This kind of topic you're bringing is freaking me out, but that's beside the point. I actually want to honor, right? And nurture yeah. the deeper need underneath it. That's what I'm helping build awareness around when we're leaning into our kids, big feelings and, and wild words, we're helping them build that awareness. It's an investment. Right? Love it. Someone says, I struggle with doing the work at home and then walking out into community and my kids and I seeing the opposite messages and examples and trying to stay the course when my kids, peers, and their families are walking very different paths. Mm. We hear you on that. Thanks for sharing that. Anyone else? Can you relate to yeah. feeling like, wow, in our little incubator, our COVID in our incubator is going great. But then I go outside to family, to friends, to strangers, and wow, it feels, I feel a lot of dissonance. I feel maybe some judgment, even mm -hmm. perceived judgment, right? That's so understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like, keep practicing, keep having the faith and the trust. That's what these lives are about. And these, our upbringing community is saying, you're yeah. not alone. It feels like you're alone so often yeah. trying to practice this whole parenting and discipline thing a little bit differently than we've been conditioned to do it, but you're not alone. And I think we can take a deep <clears throat> breath and feel strength in, in that community, in that, in that tether, mm. that connection together. Yeah. And I think remembering too, that when we bring our kids out into the world where folks are parenting far mm. different than we are, we're not out, we're not parenting our kids out in public to impress other parents. Yeah. We're parenting our kids, period, for our kids and for our families. Mm -hmm. So bringing them out into the social sphere does not mean we're all of a sudden parenting for this social sphere. We're parenting for our kids no matter yeah. what, wherever we are, right? And that's uncomfortable, especially for those of us who like to code switch, who like to please everybody. Mm -hmm. It's really understandable that that would be uncomfortable. But I think yeah. that the more we can be um, building confidence in the way we're parenting at home, mm -hmm. the more we are incubating our kids and ourselves. Yeah. When we go out at some point soon, you might start feeling, wow, I feel so confident in what I'm doing. Yeah. It's not making me judge other people. It's just making me feel like I'm in my own lane. They're doing their thing. Yeah. That's okay. Everyone's at different places but in their parenting. All, yeah. Also in those know. moments of perceived judgment, we just have to try when we're able to say, is this feeling that I'm having right now about me or about my kid? Mm -hmm. And when I realize it's about me, I'm able to be like, I have to let go of that. This is yeah. my ego talking right now. I need to focus on my kid. My kid is the only one that matters. My little biter out there, my little nudie duty on the playground, my right. little cry it all out at the party. They, they grab everything out they of They are my priority, hand. right? <laughs> 
They're the ones that, yeah. that need my support and help. I don't need to be putting my effort and awareness into changing them, into molding them, into excusing their behavior, into making everyone else feel better. My child is my mission, is my priority in this moment. I love serving that. them. And I think ultimately and possibly people will notice how confident and competent you are in managing your child. And I think you get different stuff from people we've noticed where some people are like, oh, you're so laid back, which is why Kelty made her laid back t-shirt that she'll mm-hmm. wear. I made a hot mess t-shirt that I'm really proud of. I um, really struggled with that when people are like, yeah. you're so laid back. And oh. I'm like, do you, you mean, mean permissive? Like, is that mean, a, it, it's like sort of a compliment, it's like, like a semi-judgment compliment. It is. It's like a weird mix where people are like, I'm not quite sure what to make of this. It's a judgment. You're, you're not, yeah, you're yeah. not dragging them to the bathroom. You're not forcing them to say thank you. You're not, um, making sure they share and give things back to other kids. Um, I'm feeling a laid back vibe. I'm not quite sure how to feel about it. But then there are other parents who are a step in front of that and say, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. What's up with this? You seem so I'm, confident. I'm, Your kid seems yeah. so independent. Tell me your secret, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. We're, yeah. we're doing this for us and our kids, but we can also inspire other parents, which is kind of neat. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, you're getting some judgment from people or like some little whispers or like, well, if they just did this or wow, your kid really and blah, 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 blah. That's what you do in your That's family okay too. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. can hear that and then do like a Phoebe Waller, like look at the like flea bag look just out <laughs> into the ether, right? Amy says, parenting win tonight during teeth brushing. My little guy didn't want to brush his teeth. I gave him some time, empathy, welcomed his feelings and asked him how I could help him get the job done. He told me we could pretend a different, more fun scenario instead. I offered to pretend we were at the dentist, which he loves. We got the teeth brushed with giggles and a smile. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Amy. Beautiful. I love that. That's fantastic. Way to go. Make that shit fun and give your kid the opportunity to innovate with you. Once you start innovating, once you start getting creative and goofy, when you encounter some resistance. Oh God, it's so much easier for you. Your child. And it's, and it's more fun for you as a parent. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, that's okay. We're um, coaching a few folks today and both of these things came up in the session about that idea of saying, exploring and working through and Mm -hmm. investing the time to innovate through our kids' resistance is so amazing and helpful. It will help our kids when they're older and they've got a paper to do in college They've got the taxes to do. They got to get their butt to the gym. Clean out the garage. They got to call that mother-in-law. They got to do all these things that are like, oh, they're like, oh, for some reason, I'm just so uncomfortable in here. And instead of just being like, I just, I'm just not going to do it. Just not going to take care of it. Right. Or projecting, you know, angst on other people. Or like, it's just a garage or like, whatever. Uh, We want our kids to be curious and be thinking about, oh, where's this resistance coming from? That comes from our voice now in those moments My saying, where's your resistance coming time. from? Let's figure this Getting out. Getting in the car, going to bed. How can we innovate through it? I think it's so easy for us to think back to that little voice on our shoulder. This is so permissive. You have to bend over backwards to make this fun for your kid. Ugh. They should just do it when we say it, right? <laughs> That's our instinct is to say, or I, I think, say it, they do it. Right. Why or, would I make it fun for them? Or I think we're like, I'm going to innovate by giving you an incentive, mm-hmm. like dessert. Right. Or a consequence, like not going to that birthday party this week. Yeah. There's my innovation, right? Yeah. Take it or leave it. But think that's our, not innovation. Think what our kids learn when we can innovate with them, mm-hmm. right? And when we can say, how can we make this toothbrushing thing fun or bath time? Does it have to be at five o'clock every day? Could it be at 11 in the morning? Could it be a little spit bath with a washcloth? Mm-hmm. Could it how be as in the sprinkler in the yard once a week? How can we bring our kids in to their lives? 
to these caregiving activities, to these resistant moments yeah. to say, your voice matters, your thoughts and needs matter. I'm just here as your responsible parent to help you see these things through. But we this can isn't me versus you. This is just, I just was thinking right. could get a, a tooth infection. Just putting that out there. But this right. is, this is you, this is you and your body. We want our right? kids to not feel like the only thing that's going to motivate them as teenagers, adults, and older adults is if they're scared of consequences or inspired by incentives. We do want, not want them to be robots, right? To be lab rats. We want them to think. We want them to innovate. We want them to problem solve and collaborate. Mm -hmm. And that happens right now, every single day with every single resistance moment. They or have. it doesn't happen. And that's okay too. Yeah. If we don't have it in us to be, to be innovating, work in the innovation. I, I have to say, because I have sensitive spirited kids, if I don't have the time and energy to innovate and connect through something, I'm going to let it go. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to say, I don't want to die on that hill. This is not worth creating a negative association and a negative relationship mm -hmm. moment about toothbrushing or bathing so or Kelsey, picking up the you toys. will say based on your spirited kids that you'll just let oh, the yeah. toothbrushing I go. I will bail because sure. you know that pushing harder will actually create more resistance over time, not less. They're not the kind of kids where you push a little harder and they go, okay. That's Hannah's kids. When, when they do that, yeah. the tears just shoot out of my eyes. <laughs> <I'm> just like, <laughs> just a different, different, different type. They're related, but not that closely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Someone says, our little almost four-year-old says, I believe in myself often, and it makes me thrilled. Starting that self-confidence and embracing oneself at a young age is huge. Yes. And I believe in myself happens. There's an opportunity to teach our kids to believe in themselves when they are saying no to toothbrushing, mm -hmm. when they are saying no to broccoli, when they are saying no to getting dressed in the morning, right? Yeah. It's so it, easy for us to say in those moments, those harder moments, don't believe in yourself right now. Believe in me and my right. agenda and my responsibility yeah. as a parent. Yeah. So I think that that's like everything. We feel like, oh, we'll connect. We'll teach in these wonderful connective moments. Mm -hmm. We'll support our kid to be exactly who they are, exactly where they are in this moment when we're all feeling good, when we're skipping and mm -hmm. having an ice cream and cuddling on the couch and reading and feeling good about ourselves and each other. But in those hard moments, can we still give as much effort as we can muster to connect, to be curious, to ask questions, right. to innovate through challenges, knowing that those moments, those tough moments are as important, if not more important for our kids to believe in themselves mm -hmm. and that they matter, whether it's that they like this one cool thing that's very popular or they really don't want to go to grandma's and it's tanking the whole day. They need to believe in themselves then too, mm -hmm. right? It's a fine line between being like our needs, their needs, yeah. this responsibility we have, an agenda and consistency and routine, and also just human rights for another human, right? Yeah. Constantly weighing that. Oh God. The pros and cons that we, that the constant yeah. kind of um, weighing mm -hmm. is, is exhausting, but that's the mental work to honor and respect another human being and not just be a dictator, right? Yeah. Hannah was talking recently to me about how every now and then her daughter and mine too will just say, I want to stay outside. Why can't I go back in? As in like, yeah. you can't tell me what to do. And I know that sounds really crazy. You're like, well, I'm the parent. So yes, I can tell you what to do. But think of this human to human. This is their life. I don't want to eat that from my body. I don't want to put my body in the water right now. I don't want to go from outside to inside. 
I don't want to lie down and pretend to sleep when I'm not tired. <clears throat> we have to keep keep these these moments of resistance in our mind as as basic human rights yeah. moments where our kids are fighting for who they are and what they need. Remembering, and it's such a pain in the butt. And remembering that <laughs> that inner wisdom our kids have is automatic. They know how they feel most of the time. Yes, yeah. no, now, later, right? Mm -hmm. This way, that way. But it's the inner authority that we're really working on as parents, not squashing moments is yeah. not squashing that inner authority to say, I know how I feel. And I feel confident or permission to express that or advocate for that thing, right? Or advocate mm -hmm. for that. So that's why we're, we're so sensitive about all of these conversations and challenges, not because we want to be permissive doormats, not because we have so much extra time on our hands, but because these conversations matter when it comes to needs, mm -hmm. we're conditioning our kids to believe specific things about their needs. Do they matter? What even are they right? Do other people have needs that matter? How can we create conversations right. to try to get two people's two parties, multiple parties needs met when they don't even like, when one together. has more power and especially when one has more power than the other. That's the beauty that we're teaching our kids is not just how to get needs met, but to consider power dynamics and be very sensitive about that. Yeah. We mentioned earlier yeah. in the, in the episode and video, our power and, or our privilege as, as white women doing this work, um, the responsibility we feel we have in doing it. But also I want to, you know, always touch back on the power and privilege we have <clears throat> as parents. And I think we're, we're raised to believe that the power we have as parents is permission, mm -hmm. is permission to control and to dominate and to oppress to in the name of teaching our kids. But our, our power is still privilege in the parent child dynamic. We can uphold the things that need to happen. Once we've questioned ourselves, whether they actually need to happen, gotten clear on those things, and we can still do so warmly and we can still let things go and make things a conversation with our kids mm -hmm. whenever we're able. Sometimes we're going to click into dictator mode and, and roll that way. And that's okay. We can always circle back in our trust step and be like, Ooh, got a little hot at bedtime tonight. I kind of forced you into the tub. I'm really sorry. It's your body and maybe you weren't ready or this is what um, I was needing. Next time I'm going to, I really cracked down on, on school stuff today. You, you were kind of flagging and I was like, Go back to the computer. I felt worried that this and this and this. I should have taken a deep breath. I'm really sorry that I couldn't be there to support you because I know that when you don't want to do school, it's probably because you're struggling, not because you're trying to be annoying to me and right. make me worry. Next right. time I'm a whatever. Right. Um, paper mooning. You said my 10 year old has such a strong sense of self and it wows me. I envy that confidence. It's beautiful big win. Not in my conservative family's eyes. They look at her as a child in need of more discipline. Oh, yeah. sure. You bet. And we've got some great conversations going on here. I want to like tap into these. Amelia, I, I feel like we got a, like a, a portion of what you said mm -hmm. with, uh, in the past, you would have been mortified, but she worked so hard to care for the yard and you were proud of her. So we didn't hear the other part of it. Um, so fill us in Maggie. You said I was mortified at first, but my daughter straight up told a neighborhood mom who she knows that timeouts uh, are bad and don't teach anything. Super proud after the initial shock. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. A little change maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got her opinions. Okay. She yeah. feels safe sharing them. Yeah. I love okay. that. Hey, that's amazing. Yeah. We were and talking, you can just reflect with her. We were talking today in a coaching session about the idea of a time in. Mm -hmm. how easy it is to want to exile our kids and be like, just go fucking figure it out over there. Like I can't deal out. with this. Yeah. You're punished. Go to your room. 
Um, and how hard it is in those moments to muster a little bit of self-control, a little bit of self-awareness, a little bit of self-regulation to say, instead of giving you a timeout, mm-hmm. I'm actually needing time. Yeah. Or it's to me. say, what, how are you doing? What's going on? And have a time in a connective moment. Mm-hmm. We've been conditioned yeah. to say, you do this, you behave this way, you say these things, you go away. Or you're out. You're out. Or basically, you're off the island. I don't like you're this. In solitary confinement. Right. You're in every other institution in our society that right. expels people when yeah. they don't like what they're doing that doesn't conform. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like a punitive justice system instead of a yeah. what restorative justice. Or transfer, transformative yeah. justice. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Paper Mooney said, yep, my partner's family lives in a very much power over the child dynamic. Their kids are raised to be very compliant and made to answer all adults, ma'am and sir. So it's tough when we visit. Yeah, absolutely. I bet that's tough. That's a, a lot of cultural things at play and, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of um, kind of dissonance with with what's going on. You don't want to disrespect them because they clearly really um, need that, that those um, vocalizations and those kind of official manners, mm-hmm. right? We also know you're doing it differently. Yeah, I think that's something you can call out with your kids and say, oh, it's so interesting at their house. They say these things. If you feel comfortable saying those things, you can. Yeah. At our house, it's this way. At grandma's house, it's this way. <clears throat> our kids can code switch. Mm-hmm. And we can yeah. manage that too and say, oh, I love that. <clears throat> your kids do that. Yeah, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Mariah, <clears throat> excuse me, Mara, you said how to keep up this practice without having regular slip ups. That's okay. Mm. This approach to parenting is so aligned with me, who I am and how I want to raise my girl, but I still have hard moments and days when I lose my cool. Feels like I'm falling, failing because I can't seem to get rid of those slip ups. Oh, oh. no well, one's going to get rid of <clears throat> slip ups. That's it's the practice. I think it's so easy for us to think about parenting in this way and growing up alongside our kids in this way as a staircase and being like, okay, three steps up. I did so good today. And then, oh my God, five steps back. Cause I screamed and slammed the door and told them they were terrible and that they were ruining my day, but it's not a staircase, right? This parenting in this way, we always talk about as a river. We're flowing. We're always moving forward. Mm-hmm. Everything we're doing and not doing as ideally as we want is progress because even those moments, like you said, the slip up, that feel like a slip up, is building your awareness, is building your slip-ups or growth opportunities. Yeah. Think about any other way in your life where you're learning how to cook. You're learning how to do house drive. Stuff. You're learning yeah. legal things or medical things. You're learning how to drive. Anything you've learned, slip-ups are the best learning opportunities you have. You don't just start doing it perfectly. You don't just have good intentions and then it's perfect. You mm-hmm. have to live through it and practice through it. They're mm-hmm. critical moments that you should be like, oh my God, thank God I slipped up today because yeah. it helped me realize Think about this, it like learning this. another language or something. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're all <clears throat> getting conversational in this whole parenting thing, mm-hmm. right? We're not fluent. Like it, you have to, there's no fluent, right? There's no fluent. We're conversational. No we're, we're learning and we drop our, our verbs and our pronunciation's weird and our accent goes floppy and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the past perfect perfective oh, imperfect God. is always going to be tricky for yeah. us. Hopefully people understand us. That's okay. Yeah. We'll get through. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing is that even when we slip up, we will get through to our kids and we can get through to them. So yeah. let's circle back. Blair Guard said, Mara, you're doing an awesome job. I feel that too a lot of times. It's like because of the way I was brought up, I need to be perfect to ensure my kids turn out differently. But I love that. Lindsay, you said, thank you for addressing my thoughts. Blair, you said, H and K when we can. It gives so much grace and hope. 
keep going. Your girl is with it and you're doing an amazing job. Yes. I love this. Sarah, you said, Mara, I feel the same. Daily messy moments where I fall back into control mode and escalate situations instead of taking time to resist. I love to think of Kelty's River always flowing. Always flowing. Yeah, y'all. Called it. You did. Mara, you said, Blair, thank you, Mama. It helps to hear that from another mom. It feels so isolating. Plus COVID lockdown and being a newly single mom. I'm trying so hard, but falling apart in triggering moments. That's okay. Repair can help so much. Yes, absolutely. Everyone's encouraging, sending hugs. Seriously, so great. Ugh, everybody. Amy, you love the river analogy. Mm Mm-hmm. Patience is so hard, says Paper Muna, especially when I haven't had good sleep. I snap a lot, and that's yeah. such a good a good thing to notice. When do we snap? What are we mm. snapping about? Those types of things, quote unquote mistakes. We could do a whole live on mistakes, mistakes but we're gonna wrap and this up and yeah. say all of that stuff is good. All of that stuff, our kids' resistance, our resistance, our big feelings, our kids' big feelings, our misbehavior, our kids' misbehavior, yeah. our negative thoughts, our kids' tabloid worthy negative thoughts and statements all of it is beautiful it's all necessary it's all creating relationship that's how relationships grow that's how people grow yeah is through those little tough moments that raise awareness and build skills and connection over time who would we be what would we be without those moments there would be no awareness we would all just be floating along yeah we've been so conditioned through our society to think of mistakes and all of these these choices, anything contrary to the flow of progress and obedience and conformity to be shameful, um, shameful to, to feel shame, to think they're wrong or we're bad or any of these things. And, and with this whole new thinking, we're saying that's not true. We're all worthy no matter what. We're all wonderful no matter what. We're all human. We never have to feel shame or blame. No. We never have to be punished or have consequences for being a human being. And we can make everything through a resist approach or any other approach, a conversation to say, I struggled this way. You struggled this way. What can we do? Or you were needing this and I was needing this and it didn't work out. What can we do? Right? right? Not all of us had that parent that when we made mistakes growing up, they said, you are still worthy. You're an amazing person. You're just learning through this. So now when we make a quote unquote mistake or a slip up, we go into shame. We go into a feeling of I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. We go into binary thinking. And that's what these conversations are about. We're going to wrap this up, but thinking and saying when you feel like you've made a slip up, when you've done something that you would prefer not to do or would have done differently if you'd had more sleep or more food or Mm -hmm. more time or more patience, Remember, we want to build that thought and that inner voice back into your head. Hannah and Kelsey, other moms saying, it's okay. You're a good person. You're always doing your best. These things happen and you're learning and you're growing one conversation, one meltdown, one moment at a time. We're all in this together. We hear you. We're with you. We're on your shoulder. We're holding your hand, right? We're all here together. Yeah, and we're proud of you and you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. And I think just let's extend that like universal benefit of the doubt yeah. to to ourselves, to each other, to all, to our kids. Mm-hmm. It's the, the phrase of all, doing your best is so confounded by um the things of like competition and oh, well, patriarchy. Do your best. Controlling. You're not really doing your best because I've seen your best and you're not anywhere near our be- your best. Yeah. And what we say when we what we mean when we say you're doing your best is what you're able to give right now you're is giving. The, you're giving. It's the very best you can do right now. 
because we live in this fluid river, right? Where we're meeting ourselves and our kids and each other where we are. Mm -hmm. So keep giving your best as you're able. Keep building that awareness and monitoring where you would have liked to change things. Maybe pivot a little here and there and that's okay. Yeah. Right. But give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Give your kid the benefit of the doubt always that they would rather be doing better than they can if, if they're not doing the best. Yeah. Right. And, and to round out that, that mm-hmm. thing that we spoke at the beginning about, about security being the number one thing that every child and every adult needs saying you're good. You're wonderful. You're valuable. No matter what you say, no matter what you do creates a sense of security for growth to exist, for growth to move on for you and your children and your family to evolve. Right. And so, to be breaking these cycles and these legacies right. that say you're only as good as the way you behave and what you say and what you do, which is just bullshit. True. Yeah. So keep leaning towards people and moments that create that security. Keep telling yourself things that help you feel secure. Yeah. Keep coming to these lives because we will tell you that you are beautiful and amazing and wonderful and safe here and doing an amazing job and trying your best at all times and raising a wonderful child and family. And it's going to be okay. It's going right. to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said, love, love, love this. Thank you. Amy freaking love these lives. Such a lifeline. Thank you always. Thank you all Thank for you. being here. Blair, thank you always for the hope, encouragement, light. Paper Moons helps to remember they need me to be grounded in a chaotic moment instead of triggered. Sure, absolutely. They need yeah. us to be that. We can't always be that. That's okay. We yeah. don't have to do anything else but just calm our nervous systems. It's all about the nervous systems yeah. for security, it's right? It's so easy for us to think in these moments when our kids are challenging us or saying mean things or destroying stuff or resisting or doing this stuff. We have to teach them. We have to stop something. We have yeah. to Im- explain. We have to impart. And I think that's part of what gets us so wound up that we lose our shit. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can continue yeah. to think, my number one goal right now yeah. is to regulate myself so that I can calm and de-escalate whatever's happening. Right. right. If I can just keep myself calm enough to interact with whatever's happening in a way that I'm going to feel good about and everyone's going to feel good about and can, can make some good ripples. All the other learning can Great. happen later. Everything else we'll can figure it out later. later. Right. Keep everyone safe. Keep everyone chill. Come back to it yeah, later. Put a pin in it. Yeah, absolutely. Keep doing this most important work, please. And thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. My heart needs this message. We all need this message. Yeah. Thank you all for being here. We will Thank be you. back next week. Send us a DM. Check out um, our shares this week on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and Our shop. We've got oh, a yeah. 20% off this week on guides, yeah. prints, all the fun stuff. Hopefully this hot mess shirt will be in there and Kelsey's mm-hmm. laid back one if you're I'm interested. There. Yeah, I'm reclaiming the word, the phrase hot mess and saying, yeah, I am. So. Mm-hmm. And what? Yeah. And I'm still amazing and lovable and wonderful. Thank you all. All So we're doing lives once a week. So we'll be here Thursdays until future, you know, notice. All right. Bye everyone. Good night, everyone.